Hello, welcome back to the Glimmers podcast. I'm Kelsey, your host. Today, I'm super jazzed because we are sharing a chat I had with Evie. Evie is one of my friends. She's a scientist. She's lovely. She is a lover of dance and connection. And Evie did a really great job of diving inward and sharing some of her stories of discovering herself and learning how to trust herself and identifying some of her values and what it meant to practice a life where you're making decisions based on your values. It was just such a treat. I really hope that there's some nuggets that you can take away into the rest of your day. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Hi, Evie. Hi. Hi, Kelsey. How are you doing today? I'm good. A little bit lethargic, but that's okay. It's been a long winter. Yeah, I was going to say, is that by any means weather dependent? Absolutely. But today is sunny. I feel like I'm, I'm a little flower. Like I'm entirely dependent on the sun for my mood. If it's sunny, I'm like, good day. If it's cloudy, I'm like, oh, I cannot photosynthesize enough today. Yeah, you are like a little plant. Love that. Thank you for coming on the Glimmers podcast. I think to start, what might be nice is to just give you some space to introduce yourself in any way that you'd like in as much detail as you'd like or as briefly as you'd like. So please take the stage and just tell us a little bit about you. Hi, I'm Evie, and I'm a queer science communicator. I started out my career, I suppose, in the hard sciences. I studied neuroscience and biology, but I soon realized that even more than I love doing the science, I love sharing it with people and getting people excited about science. So now I'm a science communicator, and I focus on like climate advocacy and the importance of science literacy. So that's a bit about me. I came out as queer or bisexual in like university, and I saw that there was a lot of advocacy of queer scientists because I think there's a big gap in representation there when you think of a scientist, especially when you're young or in, in school and you're looking at your textbooks. Uh, a scientist is like a, this old guy in a textbook um, with like either no facial hair or too much facial hair. So you often don't see queer people or women or people of color or folks of all marginalized identities represented. Um, so that's been a big part of my story is making sure that people know that queer scientists are out there. And outside of that, I love hiking. I love spotting birds on my hikes. I love to be outdoors. And that's a little bit about me. That was a great intro. One thing that I picked up on was the word advocacy. Is that something that you feel is something that was in you always, like maybe as a child? Or is that a trait that you've always kind of practiced or, or a muscle you've always used? That's a really good question. Yes, definitely. Now that you put it in, you, you asked that question in that way, I'm like, oh, yeah. I was always, I mean, now I work in climate advocacy and climate communications. And ever since I was little, I love talking about climate change. Like that was my biggest issue since I was like nine. So I would always talk to my parents about it. Back in the like 90s, 2000s, the biggest thing was like turning off the lights, saving water. Like now we have I think we've advanced beyond that, just those things. Now, I think my understanding of climate advocacy is, has many more things in it. But when I was young, it was like, turn off the lights, uh, recycle, um, like reuse 
the back of a piece of paper. Like I was always advocating for that in my house. I was very loud and annoying. And my parents were like, stop turning up the lights when I'm in the room. But that has always been a part of my journey. Apparently you need to use lights sometimes, but that's always been a part of who I am. And now I can bring that like I brought that into university through like volunteering and events and in science communication, obviously I communicate about science. So I suppose there's an element of advocacy built into that career path. You're sharing a message or a passion with people. Absolutely. So as you know, this podcast is called Glimmers. And some of the themes that we've been touching on with guests are around sense of self, glimmers of connection, belonging, and I kind of wanted to play in the belonging area with you. And I was wondering if you could reflect on what belonging feels like to you. I'm a very visual person and a very feelings person. So when I think of belonging, I see images and I feel feelings. Um, So I see little glimmers of times when I felt like I belonged. So I love connecting with friends. So I'm picturing like friends gathered around a table having dinner and picturing at pride events, like groups of people cheering and dressed up in really exciting outfits, cheering and feeling the excitement together. That feels like belonging. I'm picturing like watching a movie with friends where we're snuggled together on a couch. Obviously, these aren't experiences you can have every single day, I suppose, especially not during a pandemic. But that feels like belonging. Recently with friends, In the past two years, we've been able to, with friends, family, all loved ones, we've been able to connect online. And I love having a shared passion (laughs) that feels like belonging. So watching a specific show together or reading a book that we then discuss, like these kind of shared experiences where we're both loving something and loving each other. (laughs) Like we, We are excited about each other's company, but also excited about a common interest that feels like belonging. I love that. There seems to be two themes. One is like connecting with people that you love. Another is like the pride one with cheering, just maybe like celebrating sense of self a little bit. And then the third being like coming together around something that you yourself have a huge connection to, but like that shared experience of somebody else maybe relating to that part of you, which is really nice. If you think back to like little Evie, was belonging a feeling that you had often? Has it been a journey to build these moments of belonging that you kind of listed now that you have as an adult? That's a really good question. I think I've often felt like I belong in communities. So I'm very extroverted. I love people. So I've when I think of those moments that I mentioned, or even growing up, I always loved being around people. And that's where I felt like I belong. It's been a challenge to feel belonging in myself, which sounds very deep. uh, And I suppose it is. It's been challenging to feel like who confident who I am outside of others because I am so excited about other people and communities. I often feel like I've bounced with the groups I'm with and I kind of pick up interests and pick up curiosities. One thing that's been on my mind a lot lately is like belonging within myself and like being true to myself, which I find challenging because there's no external way to observe that or validate it. So that's been a curious journey. That's fair. Are there ways, maybe a good word would be like rituals that you do to kind of connect with yourself or like maybe explore your identity a little bit more to get to know yourself? Are there things that you've been doing lately to help yourself? 
I definitely, I like the kind of typical things that people recommend for self-discovery. Like I do some journaling, uh, not every single day, but from time to time, uh, I find it's really nice me time to like slow down my thoughts and process what I'm thinking. I do like mindfulness, which is a, you know, a wonderful me time. I'm often very extroverted and like restless and high energy. So I find sitting and meditating challenging, but I will like walk and meditate or just listen to a recording as I do some chores. And I find that very helpful. Yeah, it's and this is a a bit of an abstract one, but trusting myself and trusting my intuition. As I mentioned, I like connecting with people. So I often bounce between friend groups or accommodate other people. But the noticing patterns of like, I always love to do this, no matter who I'm with. I always love to dance. I've been able to dance both when I'm out with friends or in a dance class or even when I'm alone. And so I'm like, this is part of me. This isn't like a friend group thing. This is a me thing. So I've been learning to trust my intuition with that. Or for example, with how I present myself as a queer woman, like I think I saw all these stereotypes growing up. It was like, queer women are more masculine or sporty. Like that's it. (laughs) The only way to dress. And so I've been trusting my intuition of what feels good on my body. And that's been really exciting. So seeing the patterns of like what I feel comfortable in, what excites me consistently, no matter who I'm with or if I'm on my own. I've been learning to trust myself. Oh, so many good nuggets there. I love the sort of signal of, oh, this is actually something I like to do with all people. I guess what I'm realizing is that very much resonated. I just didn't really have the words for it. For myself, I often tell people like when I feel my most authentic self is like when I'm dancing. I've never really taken like formal dancing. I was a gymnast, but I never like took dance classes. But like, I love, love, love to dance. It's like the most I feel connected to like me as I guess, like the soul version of me and the body version of me and like and aligned, I guess. And then I also just don't care if people are watching or what they think, or I feel like the most free. Would you say that when you're dancing, you kind of touched on it. But one of the questions I had for you was moments where you've like very much met yourself you're like whoa there she is there's Evie hello to me listening to you talk it seems dancing might be one moment where that happens yeah absolutely I'm so glad you resonated with that I love dancing so much and I only discovered it like you said you don't have like formal dancing training or anything I also did not grow up dancing I did other sports uh, as you said as well but I didn't really dance and so a few years ago, like 2018, I was randomly like in my early 20s and decided to take up dancing. And so I joined a studio and I started dancing on stage and it was new and so exciting. Um, and it was during a really challenging time in my life. And I did feel that exactly the way you described it. Like, I feel like I met myself, like I could be truly me. I think it's one of the few things where I have to put down my phone. I, ha- I can't be at my computer. Like it's physically impossible to like be scrolling on social media while dancing. Um, So you physically have to put that all away and feel your body. Obviously right now we have a lot of online stuff, both online like friendships, family relationships and online work, online school, like so much is online and dancing helps me feel grounded. Like I'm not just a floating head who's like at work. I am a human with a body that moves. So it, it definitely feels like me and I feel confident. I feel beautiful. And you, maybe you relate to this, Kelsey. You don't have to have like choreography or specific moves or it doesn't have to objectively look good. Like, you know, be on time or give a 
Lizzo level performance, it just feels happy. And that is when I definitely feel most me. You can certainly give your own version of a Lizzo-like standard performance. Absolutely. Which I think definitely, like, I, I could feel what that feels like. If you had to describe transformation to your younger self, how would you describe that word to young Evie? I think the, the thing that stands out to me is slow and steady patience, progress, like those kind of words. I think I always want to be changing and transforming and growing very much. I love change. I love excitement. I often get restless when things aren't changing or transforming enough. Like if I want to learn a new skill, I'm like, I want to go at it. If I want to reach a goal, I'm like, I will reach that goal like as soon as possible. And I am often impatient and restless. But I have been told that apparently good things take time and transformation takes time. And a lot of big life changes and transformations are the result of slow growing changes, which I find annoying. I would like to transform like a one of those cartoons where you there's sparkles all around you and you just like you just change outfits and you have like a sword and you're suddenly powerful. That's what I would prefer. But I am I try to remind myself that, that things take time and slow and steady is good and important. Things can take years or decades, and that is a part of transformation. Are there things that you feel you are particularly moving through at the moment? Of course, we're, we're all moving through a million things, but I don't know, something maybe you're intentionally moving through? I think what, what I mentioned earlier about learning to trust myself um, and connect with myself, that's been really important. I realize as, as an adult, you don't have, your life is no longer divided into semesters or I don't know years it's still divided into there's, there's calendar dates um, but you know your your life isn't changing year to year with a given structure and also you are not evaluated on any kind of structure except your own so I've realized that I am my own guide and I am the person who's making all the decisions and of course I knew that before but I've been really trying to feel at peace with like I am making a good decision and like what makes a good decision and how to how do I live a life that reflects my values? And to do that, you have to trust yourself. You cannot look to other people. You can ask for advice or be inspired by others. But like, if I see my friend have a cool job, I can't just like, okay, I want that now. Like I have to reflect on my own values and trust that what I have and what I want is important. So that's been a challenging journey because I think I tend to be a people pleaser, like growing, growing up and I want to make others happy and I want to others to like me and think I'm cool and interesting. So I often spend a lot of time being sensitive to other people's needs, but I have not been respectful enough of my own needs. So that's been a particular journey lately. Yeah. Wow. That was a really thoughtful answer. Thank you. I'm wondering, you spoke a little bit about the like guidelines that you use in in terms of like making decisions or your values could you speak a little bit to like maybe how certain values have swayed your your decisions yeah I wish I had if I can get my notes oh my gosh I have notes yeah get out the notebook get out the notebook this makes me seem like a true self-discovery guru there's this wonderful YouTuber, I believe this, her name is Michelle B. I, I mean, I can link that to you and share it with you. She does a lot of like gentle productivity content. It's not like optimize your day with 
you know, sleep four hours and then wake up and work out. Like it's not that intense. Um, it's about like gentle living, but also finding ways to make space for the things you value. So I watch her content and she's, she lives in Australia and I feel like it's very sunny and she posts photos of the beach and I just have like cool vibes from her content. She has like a soft voice and I'm like, yes, like I feel like I'm ready to learn about myself. So she did a video about how to find your own values and she made a a list of like possible values and, you know, talk about what's important to you and some activities to do that. Um, And I came up with a couple that are really important to me and I'm still learning to use them. By use them, I mean like make decisions according to my values or think of them clearly when I make a decision like, oh, I want to see my friends this weekend. You know, that's in line with my value of like feeling connected to people. Like, I haven't felt very connected, so I need to remember that that's a value of mine. I'm not that explicit yet. I could probably benefit from making decisions like that. Um, But so far, I just wrote a couple down. So one of them for me is freedom. So having, like, you know, the freedom to be able to have, like, financial freedom of having enough money to live and be able to do things, like see my friends or have food and some luxuries. You know, that's important. And... Yeah, and having skills so that I don't have to be reliant on other people where I don't want to be. Like I can have some some of my own independence. That's important um, because I think in my early 20s, it was challenging to, like I felt dependent on others because I was still learning. So that was important to me. Um, Adventure is another one where I love to go camping or hiking or even just walking around, finding new things in my neighborhood. I'm very adventurous, so I can incorporate that even to everyday life. The other one I have here is wonder and joy and curiosity. They're all kind of one to me, um, but I find that routine can seem uncomfortable to me unless I incorporate joy or wonder or something that makes me curious. I get bored with the routine. So those are some of the values that I wrote down. That's so funny. That'd probably be very similar to what I would write down. I'm learning where we have a lot of a lot of things in common, Evie. I actually, I think I would, I would bundle wonder with adventure, I think. But then curiosity and wonder seems so perfectly paired. So those are good. Yeah, I agree. They, they might, I saw them on my list, like just, um, you know, when I said them to you and I was like, those do look like they fit. I have like another one that I wrote down is like the community aspect, like feeling valued and respected and loved by my community. So that's probably like a separate one of connection. And then the adventure, wonder, joy can probably fit together. So important, right, that you that you even you name the fact that you need to feel respected by your community to feel connected to your community. I think it's a sad thing that maybe respect isn't always just like given as a no brainer and that like some people, I don't know, walk through this world thinking that it needs to be earned. And I think it's so important for people to feel like safe and feel like they can build trust with people that we're treating each other with respect. So I like that you incorporated that word with connection and community because it's so important. I think I'm going to shift gears a little bit and give you an opportunity as this is linked to a queer book club. I know that you have lots of fun gifts for us in terms of recommendations of books and shows that you've loved that have maybe been a gift to you in, in exploring your own sense of self. So I might just give you the floor to to kind of fangirl over some of your favorite books and shows. Yes, I'm more than happy to share some of my favorite books. I only recently started reading queer books. I think 
I only a few years ago started reading regularly when I using audiobooks more because I find I don't sit and read much. I do a lot of audiobooks. So when I discovered that about myself, I like read suddenly so many books a year. Um, so now I read, I've been trying to intentionally incorporate more queer books because um, growing up, it wasn't something that I knew about or really had access to. So I have a couple of my faves. The number one book that I adored is called Helix Ever After. And it's a young adult book by an author named Payson Callender. And it was published in 2020, so pretty recent. And the story is about a Black trans teen, and he's grappling with self-discovery and then also falling in love. It's a YA self-discovery coming-of-age book. But I love this one because it was about, um, like, the Felix, the main character, um, already figured out something about his identity, that he is a trans boy but he continues to try and figure out his identity and he's like I don't know if I really feel like a boy but I don't feel like a girl and like continuing to understand his own gender so that's something very relatable I think a lot of queer people come out multiple times and are like I thought it was this but now maybe this sure yeah a lot of reinvention rediscovery like yeah for sure yeah I really like that aspect and like the panic of like, oh no, I thought I already figured this out. Um, but it is a delightful read and it has a lot of joy, which I love. Another one that I loved was You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. It has this very cute cover of like a young girl and the title is like shining all around her. It's a delightful read. And I love this book because it wasn't a coming out story or just about queer identity. The main character, Liz, is in high school and she's trying to run for prom queen even though she doesn't care about prom because she wants to win a scholarship and she has all these hopes and dreams. She has family members that are struggling with chronic illness. Her brother has sickle cell anemia and so that is a challenge for him and for her family. So she's like a holistic person which is delightful because I think the stories I saw growing up were like a coming out story. That's it. Right. One dimensional. Yes. But she is a whole human. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. And one of the most, like, fun, light books, uh, obviously, there's conflict and challenge, like in any book, um, but it's nice as a queer person to read about queer joy. Yeah. And I have another one that was probably my favorite book that I read all of last year. Absolute delight. It's called Honey Girl. And it's by Morgan Rogers. And it's about a burnt out PhD grad who goes to Vegas for like a trip with her friends and then gets married to a girl she doesn't know in Vegas and then comes home and is like, I want to find this girl. Like I only have a photo of her and I'm going to find her who she's technically married to because they got married in Vegas. So um, it's about feeling connected, feeling lonely and like slowing down. She's She's been like a hustling grad student. She's been in school for a long time, thinking about her career and then not really thinking about her actual needs or what she wants or like relationships or caring for her family or having friends. Like she was, she's feeling very burnt out. Uh, and I really related to that. <laughs> I think we've, we've had times in our lives, many of us who, when we've worked really hard and we're like, wait a minute, I'm allowed to have fun. I'm allowed to have joy. I'm allowed to have nice things. <laughs> so I love this book. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, I have. This isn't a book, but Kelsey, before you and I started recording, I was like, I must talk about this. Yes, you did get your permission slip. 
I have permission to share a TV show that is on Netflix, but it's called She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. And I only discovered it like a couple months ago, but I have seen all five seasons now. And it's about a group of princesses and their friends, and they team up to defeat the big bad guy who's trying to take over the planet. But if you've ever seen any art of it, or if you look it up on Netflix, you'll see that it is incredibly colorful. It is sparkly. It is so many different kinds of people and gender presentation styles and genders and body types. Like you, I, I didn't realize until I watched Shira that like so many cartoons we watch are like very thin. Like, I mean, so is with all TV, I suppose, but like cartoons are drawn as like little Barbie dolls. Like they're often very skinny and long and like it's um, in this animation style that they create for Shira, there's all kinds of bodies and they move like human bodies. You know, you have plus size and mid size and you have tall people and short people and all kinds of hairstyles and gender expressions. And it was really game-changing for me. I was like, there's so many different ways to be, and they're powerful and feminine, a lot of the princesses, which is something you don't see a lot. You either see, like, like female heroes who are macho or strong, or, like, they throw off the femininity because it's silly or weak. Like, there's a lot of misogyny in the world, so Shira really fights that. You can be very feminine and powerful, and you don't have to give up one or the other, and so that is an absolute, an absolute delight that I am willing to share with everyone. I think everyone should watch it. (laughs) Evie, I think you might have like a side hustle in the works of just like recommending books and TV shows to people because those were really, really well done in terms of the descriptions and themes and like connections to like your life and what you learned and just on the fly. That was so impressive. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. Well, I want to wrap up there and just say thank you very much for coming on the pod and sharing your story with us and getting your notebook out and sharing your your inner thoughts. We really appreciate it. And I've really appreciated getting to know you a little deeper and building our friendship just a wee bit more. So yeah, full hearted thank you to you. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Kelsey. You too. And there you have it, another rad queer person just living their truth. It's so freaking awesome. Yeah, it was just so nice to connect with a friend and learn more about her experiences and how she's become this like sunny and just like beautiful human being. Thank you, Evie, for all of your wisdom and strength and endless wonder. Yeah, I'm just smiling. I'm just very happy that uh, we had you on the pod and everybody gets to experience the glow of Evie. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and take sense of adventure and wonder into the rest of your day. Bye-bye.